my friends, before we start, I just wanted to let you guys know that I got to guest on someone else's podcast, if you can possibly believe it. Um, we talk a lot about Lost in the episode. Um, it does get quite spoilery, but um, if you're not caught up, that's okay. Uh, you can listen to the first bit, and then we give it a, a warning when it's about to get spoilery. But yeah, there's spoilers for the entire show um, in the podcast. But if you guys want to listen to it, it's about an hour, 15 minutes long, and I talk about podcasting, like how I got started podcasting, how I go about podcasting, and then we go really in-depth talking about how much we love Lost. So if you love Lost, which you probably do if you're listening to this um i definitely think that you should check it out um i'm gonna put a link to the youtube video for it in the um in the description uh but if you want to check it out on any of your favorite podcasting platforms you can search podcast from a desk in the astral realm on your favorite podcast app um and you'll be able to find my episode it's called like a kooky little island or something like that it's the word kooky and the word island is in it um so you'll definitely know that that is me and i hope that you guys check it out okay enjoy the episode like imagine hurley's just like someone wasn't on the manifest and jack was like it's ethan isn't it <laughs> that guy was weird Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, there are way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. That was great. And my name is Casey Wall. I'm a 25-year-old writer from Rhode Island. I like sapphic ships and collecting plants. You can follow me on Twitter at CaseyWatchesTV or at LF Candle Co., where I make pop culture-inspired candles. Um, yeah. Great. <laughs> awesome going into it keep going i guess i don't know this is the third time we've done this i know you would think it would feel more natural but it's just yeah. i'm so well usually we say there's a guest oh right so this is the part where i say there is no guest because it's a little <laughs> special episode it's just us yeah today we have words to say about lost missing pieces the canon webisodes and this is podcast three of three of the missing pieces um and it will include a spoiler section at the end so if you haven't seen past season three you're still good to listen um if you haven't seen the missing pieces go ahead and just find your little way over to youtube and search lost missing pieces and one of the first things that can't comes up is a compilation of all of them it's about half an hour long um and so if you haven't seen them and you want to know what we're talking about that's how you can find them. At least that's how I found them. It is well worth your time. It is yeah. well worth your time. These ones all, of course, directed by Jack Bender, as I said in the first episode. Uh, I don't remember if I said that in the second episode, but I'll just remind you here. So it's a little sandwich of you remembering. So uh, there are four webisodes left to talk about. And the first one we're going to talk about today is uh, Jack Meet Ethan. Ethan Jack, which feels <laughs> like a little bit of a weird title, but go off. The release date was January 7th on the app and January 14th. 2008 to the public. Um, it was written by Damon Lindelof and it occurred on day four. So super early here. Okay. All right. So it takes place around or between Tabula Rasa and Walkabout. So super early, uh, Jack, we see Jack going through suitcases and Ethan approaches and says, hey, are you a doctor? And he's like, well, you're the only doctor here because I'm, I'm definitely not a doctor. So I'm just a Canadian dude, me. So in a Wisconsin sweatshirt. Anyway, I heard that you were gathering medicine. So here you go. And it's a suitcase full of meds. How? I'm sorry. I know this is early. How is this not suspicious? Yeah. No, for sure. And they're like, oh, jackpot. The dude who must, like, the dude who must have had this must be a hypochondriac. And at first I was like, okay, well, there was that one guy in 109 in solitary with that rash who sure. we never saw again, who, like, seemed like a hypochondriac. So it's like, it could have been his. But, or do you think that Ethan went to the staff and got stuff and brought it back? No, fully that one. 
fully that one. Like, like, are we not looking at it to see whose name is on the on the prescriptions? I guess not. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's just a bunch of Dharma logos on them. And Jack is like, right. hmm, never heard of this pharmacy before. Oh, weird. Never heard of that. Weird. But yeah, unclear. But it, like, I, I completely agree. It's super, super suspicious of Ethan to just be like, it was so sus. Here you go. Yeah. Just a suitcase full of drugs. Okay. So Jack is like, hey, where did you uh, get this? And he's like, ah, uh, jungle. Anyway, hi, sure. I'm Ethan. <laughs> Ethan, like, where did you come from? Oh, the jungle. I'm Jack. Yeah. And so Ethan says, Jack, you know what? Thank you. And he goes, uh, okay, for what? For getting it together, for having perspective, and for thinking long term. All these people think that we're getting rescued. And Jack's like, and I don't think that we're getting rescued. And he's like, it's not that you're not thinking that. I just think that you're smart because you're looking over at that pregnant girl over there and I'm not looking at her. She means nothing to me. No, I have no plans for her. But uh, but you're looking over that pregnant girl knowing that you might have to be the one to deliver that baby. Ethan secretly thinking that he's going to deliver that baby mm-hmm. because he's going to steal that pregnant woman away. 100%. And Jack's like, okay, well, it's nice to know that I'm not the only one thinking about delivering that baby. <laughs> We're both delivering that baby, right? And um, uh, so on Lostpedia, it said that the shot of Claire is stock footage from Pilot Part 1. Yeah. So Emily DeRaven is not credited in the in the Mobisode. It also says that the shot is a mirror image of the original shot, which occurred between scenes of Kate and Jack dealing with his wound in Pilot Part 1. Oh, I didn't notice it was mirrored. Yeah. It also said when Jack says that it's nice to know he's not alone in worrying about Claire's baby, Ethan laughs and answers you're definitely not alone and that can either be a reference to the fact that the survivors are not alone on the island at all and also the fact that ethan and the others are interested in pregnancies on the island for other reasons so that's the clear one but i like the idea of him thinking you're not alone by saying that you're not like like he's secretly saying you're not alone on this island that right. like makes it so sinister and creepy to me i love that. like ethan i'm sorry my guy you gotta be a little more subtle yeah you're being Bro. a little too direct like imagine hurley's just like someone wasn't on the manifest and jack was like it's Ethan, isn't it? <laughs> that guy was weird. <laughs> like, he's revealing so much. That guy's so creepy. You know what? That makes total sense. Yep. So Jack is like, oh, well, if she goes into labor, then you can be my assistant. And Ethan's like, ah, crap, I'm being too doctory. Did you also? And I know I am crazy, but Casey, was this a little flirty? Uh, mega, mega. Like, I was picking up vibes. They're like, we're just dudes hanging out, being bros. Just. You could be my assistant. Two dudes. Ooh. Sitting in a hot tub. I don't know. It felt a little flirty to me, which is weird. It but. felt extremely flirty. Oh. <sighs> Ethan was so, so gay. So it, it, they're like, he's like, oh, you can be my assistant. And then Ethan's like, oh, and he like acts weird. And Jack's like, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to like, I don't know, assume that you would help me deliver a baby. I don't like, it's such a weird conversation. But you were, you seem very much more interested in this than anyone else. So. And Ethan's like, yeah, no problem. Um, Actually, it's time to unload. It's time to unload here. And so this whole thing, I'm just like, is this true or not? I don't know. Because here's the thing. If it's true or if it's not true and he's making it up, he's just trying to get Jack to trust him more. Right. You know, and that makes total sense to me. Right. But if it is true, there's actually something to be said about it. So let me remind everybody if they haven't seen the missing pieces in a while or if they haven't seen it. Ethan says, my wife died in childbirth and the baby didn't make it either. So let's hope that they say, let's hope the rescue boats come soon. And they're like, okay, cool. And then they, they sort of leave. But so we don't know anything about Ethan ever having a wife or a family. We don't know anything about Ethan. And if anything, if it was on this island, she would have died before having the baby or before it was even, before she 
she would have ha- like had the baby like the- before childbirth I mean but it would make more sense why he cares so much about the pregnant women and why he wants Claire's baby so bad yeah and we like listen the confession seemed really genuine but we also know he's a good actor so I think it could go either way yeah I um I'm inclined to think it's true because Mm -hmm. I feel like everything else that comes out of Ethan's mouth like with the survivors it comes off as so genuine but we can tell the whole time that he's lying so like they don't know he's lying but we definitely know Mm -hmm. but this is something that like we really haven't heard before that we won't really hear anything about yeah and like i'm just kind of inclined to believe it and i think it would kind of spark his entire like journey as a medical professional thing is that like some of the other lies that he's told we just like straight up know aren't true based on like what we see uh you know after he's dead we see like a whole bunch of flashbacks right you know and so like and there's nothing to negate this Mm -hmm. so like the part where he says oh i'm from canada and stuff we know that's not true that is a lie that is an insult to canada (laughs) but exactly what you just said there's nothing that really goes against what this is just other than the fact that we just it's been omitted you know we right. just haven't seen like they they never say anything about Ethan having a wife ever so I don't know yeah we really know nothing about Ethan we find out one thing like in in season four yeah no mm. not season four five no yes five yeah Six. Five. Five, I think. Yeah. But <laughs> I think there's actually a little, there's a little sliver in six, though, I think. They're always bringing back Ethan. Yeah. But like, e- e- like even with all the times they bring him back and bring him up, we really know like next to nothing about him. Yeah. So, and then the things we do know, we tend to see like whether mm-hmm. those are true or not. Yeah. We, we just really never see anything else about this. So I'm not sure if it's said in the episode where we see Juliet having like a a relationship with Goodwin. I can't remember if it's said that he has a wife, but it is revealed later, no spoilers, that that he has a wife or that he did have a wife before he died, obviously. And so if Goodwin is the Ethan of the Tailies, I don't know, that's not really, that, that doesn't really count, but it would make sense that we never see anything about that with Ethan because she died. I just I just feel like it would have been something that they brought up, but yeah. who knows? Maybe this is them bringing it up, but the thing is that when he's talking to the survivors, we just don't know if it's true or not. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that one. Oh, Ethan. The next one is called Jin has a temper tantrum on the golf course. <laughs> Pretty direct. And it's like, oh, ha ha. It's a funny title. Oh, ha ha. It's a funny one. But actually, um, this is very sad. It's so sad. I wanted to cry. Yeah. I didn't cry because I was yeah. laughing a lot. Yeah. But then I felt very very sad. So it's called Jin Has a Temper Tantrum on the Golf Course. The release date was January 14th, 2008 to, on the app and then the 21st on um, uh, to the public. It was written by Drew Goddard and it happened on day 41. So um, it takes place during Deus Ex Machina. Nothing in the scene tells us that, but it was confirmed in the official Lost magazine that it happened during Deus Ex Machina. So there you go. Amazing. It says this Mobisode, this is on, on Lostpedia, this Mobisode was leaked in full quality the same day as the Verizon version version was released. So oh, the no. Verizon one is like the app that it was on, I guess. And actually, I'm pretty sure that every single one after this, like all the other, I think there are two more after this, and both of those were also leaked. Oh, um, on the same day. But Bummer. Some of, it also says some of the translated monologue by Jin in this missing piece is similar to a scene in Happy Gilmore, which I believe is a golf movie, so that makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I don't make it a habit of watching Adam Sandler movies, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> me neither. So apparently, that's an unpopular opinion. 
amongst like real life people but i'm like i feel like really? i've seen like i can only think of one no i've definitely seen at least two adam sandler movies i'm sorry i can't stand the guy yeah i but it was a long time ago so True. i don't know so we see Jin playing golf with hurley and michael and basically if he sinks this putt he wins hurley says as much michael points out that he doesn't know what Hurley's saying anyway and Hurley says uh well he can feel my vibes <laughs> which I absolutely love and so he can sweet. yeah Jin uh fully misses unfortunately Michael cheers um because he won and Hurley's like it's all good Jin you'll win next time and Jin starts screaming and running around ranting my god does he looks fun for Dan Daniel yeah. Day Kim uh seems like a fun day on uh, Lostpedia it was pointed out that this Mobisode actually breaks Lost's usual rule regarding the subtitles of Jin and Son's Korean dialogue dialogue um in all other examples on the show subtitles are only used when another character who understands korean is present in the scene so i guess it's fair that they did it in a mobisode and not in the actual show right you know so jin's basically saying why can't i hit the ball in the hole and michael's like we don't need to freak out it's actually just a game and jin says uh shut up (laughs) shut up i just wanted one thing to go right and then hurley starts saying something and he's like oh what hurley's saying something no way for once maybe just be quiet hurley that was so funny and he's like how can I lose to Hurley and Michael? And Hurley's like, oh, he's talking about us. I feel sad and bad about this. <laughs> I heard our names. And for all they know, he's talking about how he hates them and will murder them. Right. They don't know. You know? So he says, I hate this island. No one understands me. I wanted one moment of happiness, but I can't be happy. Who invented this game? This ball is horrible. <laughs> Honestly, I love this for him. Like, he really needed this. He really needed to let it to blow off some steam, you know? He did. And I love that it just kind of drives home, like, how, I mean, he's going to say how, like, he's so alone, but it just drives home, like, how truly isolated he is. Mm -hmm. He cannot communicate with anyone except his wife. Yeah. Who he is not on good terms with. Like, that sucks. It's so sad. And like, I, you know, I, I can't help but imagine the writers being like, okay, uh, what other out scenes do we need that we haven't really like explored on the show? And being like, how about just Jin freaking out and being frustrated? You know, like, cause he deserves it. Yeah, he should be. He's always like so stoic about it. And he's always very like good about just sort of like being patient and stuff. But right. like, God, if I was him, I'd be so mad. So like, yeah, I don't think there's any better word for it than just frustrated, like constantly mm-hmm. not knowing what is going on. Yeah. I can't I can't even imagine that. Like just being surrounded by people like speaking in a completely different language than you than you in a life yeah. or death situation and you have no idea what's going on. That is so no scary. So Michael wonders if they should intervene with him and Hurley's like, you know what, just let it let it happen, which is fair that's correct Jin says please get this handcuff off of me and you know they're almost at the end of season one and I believe it's like fairly early in season two when it gets taken off so he doesn't have too much longer to wait which is good but he but he was on there for so long so long ah hang in there a little longer bud so he says none of you care about me you're all pitying me and he says I've beaten people up for less than the way that you're looking at me right now. Yikes. Which is true. What a line. Michael tries to calm him down. You know, like I said, Hurley says no. Jin says this ball sucks and wants my life to suck. And I hate you, ball. I hate it. <laughs> Darn ball. And Hurley's like, maybe we don't play golf for a while. Maybe we take a break. I mean. Take a little break. Maybe. So then Jin just sits down and starts crying about how alone he is. Ugh. And Michael and Hurley just walk away because they can't understand him, right? Yeah. But like, what an example of him being like, I'm so alone. And then them just walking away from him yeah because they have no idea 
And it's played for laughs, but it's so sad. Yeah, they stay there to watch him rage out. But then, Mm -hmm. like, when he very much needs someone to, just like a shoulder to lean on the most, they walk away. It's so sad. So as we're recording this, which is about maybe a month and a half, maybe two months before you guys are going to be getting to hear it, um, recently a new show came out on Prime uh, that was a remake uh, slash reimagining of the League of Their Own um, movie. God, I need to watch it. It's really good. You'll love it. But I hope by the time this comes out, I will have watched it. Yeah. But there's a character on there who's on the baseball team who speaks Spanish and everyone else speaks English. And there's only one person who can translate for her, but just like doesn't most of the time, you know, because they're like, I have my own life. I don't have to be your translator all the time. And she has a scene where she's like yelling in Spanish about how she feels like a ghost. And I just, oh, I thought of Jin a lot during that scene. That's so sad. You know, watching that show, I just, I thought of Jin a lot when, when she had scenes where everybody was just kind of like ignoring her. There's one scene where everybody goes to the movies and she just doesn't go because they assume she doesn't want to go because she can't speak English. Oh. And she can't understand the movie. So they just leave her, oh, you know? That's so. devastating. Yeah. I just, I thought about Jin a lot when I was watching it. Yeah. So that's uh, half the ones that we're covering today. So I'm really quickly going to talk to you guys about Patreon. You guys know the whole spiel. Like I like I said, for the last two episodes. So, uh, and since this is a shorter episode, I'm not going to go too far into it, but we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the aficionados. And we have quite a few tiers of uh, support that you can give us um, and you get really cool things out of it. The lowest one is $1 a month, which is early access to every single podcast. This one comes out a whole week in advance. So um, definitely seems worth it to me. Uh, if you can't check out our Patreon, why don't you check out our small businesses? That's another way that you can support us and get something really cool out of it. Uh, I sell embroidery, including some lost embroidery at High Birdie Embroidery. And if you go to highbirdie.com, you can find it. Casey sells candles, including a lost candle with Lost and Found Candle Co. Um, and former co-host Brittany has Visit Binnyland. Um, so you should check out all those places. And if you can't do any of those things, if you can't help us out mon- monetarily, no worries. Uh, just recommend us to a friend that uh, also really helps and it's free. So we'd really appreciate you guys. Thanks. Thank you. The next one is The Envelope. So we're bringing it back to some Juliet stuff. Ugh. And uh, this one's interesting because it's the only one that was uh, d- just straight up a deleted scene from an episode. Okay, it seems like it. Yeah. So The Envelope, it was released January 21st on the Verizon app and the 28th of 2008 um, to the public. It was written by J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof, J.J. being there because he helped write uh, 301, which is the episode that this is the deleted scene of. Um, and it takes place on day one because it is the day that the crash occurred. Indeed. Julia and her muffins. Um, so yeah, it happens during A Tale of Two Cities, obviously. This scene was actually mentioned by Damon and Liz in the commentary for 301. It was also leaked early. Like I said, I th- I'm pretty sure all of them were leaked. Uh, so so we have Juliet running to the oven because the fire alarm is going off and she forgot to set a timer for it. She burns her hand. This is the part that we saw in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the doorbell rings. Um, she's running her hand under wa- under some water. And Amelia is here, who we know is her friend. Uh, she's one of the others. We don't really know what she does for the others. We only ever see her in 301 and um, this webisode. Um, but clearly they're friends. She gets Juliet some ice from the freezer and I just wanted to say that's fully not how you treat a burn. I was gonna say that doesn't seem correct. Like it's nice like she puts it in like a cloth before she puts it on her hand but I'm like uh no you were doing the right thing before which is to put cool water over it. Right. Don't don't put ice on it that's really then you're shocking yeah your system you know it's a bad idea. Yeah too too much of a difference. Hot cold hot cold we can't be doing that. Um so Juliet says she's fine but she needs to clean up before the book club gets there and she says did you invite Ben? 
Ben. And Juliet says, no, things are awkward between Ben and me. And she's like, oh, did he finally tell you how he felt? I'm sorry. She's like, no. Does just everyone know? It seems like everyone knows that he's like really weirdly possessive of her. Yeah, like, and just no one does anything? Okay. Also, it's interesting to me that clearly like the writers and the actors knew how Ben felt about Juliet before, like obviously before the audience did, but like significantly before. Right. You know, which is interesting. But I, I, oh, I also wanted to say that I understand why this is a deleted scene because this would have been so weird in the actual episode. Oh, yeah, agreed. I would have been like, who's Ben? Who's this lady? Who's what, like, what's happening? I have no idea what's going on. You know, like, I think that yeah. the the 301 uh, open was perfect and they didn't have to add anything. Yeah, it was perfect exactly as it was. So Juliet says uh, it's complicated and Amelia says Compli- complicated doesn't make you cry. Juliet is tougher than me because complicated makes me cry all the time. Yeah, pretty much anything will. Constantly crying when things are complicated. So she's like, no, no, I'm crying because I burned my hand. And she's like, no, you wouldn't even cry at that either because obviously Juliet is super tough. And so she's like, what happened? Juliet says, I think that we're in trouble. If I show you something, do you promise not to tell? Not anyone, not ever. She promises. And she goes to her cutlery drawer and she's hiding the envelope, which is the name of the episode, haha, under her like cutlery, which honestly, pretty good hiding spot. Good spot. I wouldn't be looking there. Yeah, no, pretty discreet. Yeah. And, you know, we don't get to see inside of it, obviously. And if this was a deleted scene, that would be like, it's a it's a red hair, or not a red herring, but like it's a something that they're setting up for later, obviously. Right. But that's the envelope with Ben's x-rays in it showing that he has cancer. Yeah. Then we hear the doorbell. So obviously the book club is here. And yeah, it would have been a really cool question to have left the audience with, like what what's in the envelope and stuff. But it would have been weird in the episode. So this yeah. is a smart way to bring it in. For sure. I think, um, yeah, I definitely think we had to establish more about Juliet and Ben before yeah. revealing that. Yeah. Great. So just a couple of short ones. This is this episode's a little short one for you, but last episode was long, so enjoy. Oh my god. I could not believe this. I could not believe this. <laughs> the last one is called So It Begins. Um, makes total sense why they would have made this the last one, I think. The release date was January 28th, 2008 on the app and February 4th, 2008 uh, to the public. And actually by that point, season four had already started by the time this came out on the website. So season four had had started in between January 28th and February 4th. It was written by Drew Goddard and it's on day one again, obviously. So yeah, this one was also leaked. All of the back three were leaked. It was also pointed out on Lostpedia that the Mobisode has the same title as the second episode of Alias, which uh, was also created by J.J. Abrams. Oh, wow. So we hear some rustling through the jungle. The camera is low to the ground because it is the POV of Vincent. This is, I mean, okay, Operation Sleeper is my favorite webisode, Mm -hmm. but this is the most, like, surprising, surprising, jaw-dropping, canonically so important. Right. And it's so smart. So smart. Yeah, I don't have anything um, in the spoiler section until this. Like, we're going to talk about this in the spoiler section and that's it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's sniffing some open suitcases. He hears a whistle. He sees some legs and those classic white shoes. So obviously it's Christian. And <laughs> the moment where it switches from Vincent's point of view to just regular shots is like kind of weird. Yeah, a little a little clunky. Like it just feels really jarring. I feel like we could have done something with that. Yeah. So he's like, you need to go find my son. He's in the bamboo. Go wake him up. And this is crazy because without saying too much, because it does sort of make more sense having seen the full show. But if I haven't seen the full show and I've only seen two season three, this is mind blowing. This is huge. Because 
As far as we know, what, what Jack saw of Christian when ours was peeing was that he uh, just was standing there, you know, and sort of like looked at him and was being very ominous and stuff. So the revelation that Christian was like a living, breathing, walking around, telling Vincent to do stuff is crazy. Like, yeah, it's confirmation that this was not just in Jack's mind. Yeah. And it's either he is actually there or somehow <laughs> Vincent is also... Also hallucinating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, hallucinating Christian. And he's like, oh man, I'm really enjoying these pets that aren't happening. So he's like, go find my son. He's over there in the bamboo. Go wake him up. He has work to do, which is another like weird shot a little too close to his face, but that's okay. So Vincent either understands English or like Hurley and Jin just understands the vibe, I guess. Sure. And then that's when we see the beginning of the pilot with Jack. And this is the one that, like you just said, this is the one that gives me the chills. Literal chills. And yeah, uh, let's just talk about this one in the spoiler section. I think that's about all we can say about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, just it's it's huge. Outside the spoiler section. I can't believe yeah. I've never seen this. This yeah. kind of changes a lot. It does. And with that. And with that, that's it. Sorry, this one, uh, I, I probably should have, uh, I thought 454 four would be better, but I really should have done 445. Four, and that's on me, you guys. Sorry, this one's a little uh, shorter, but um, oh well. It's all right. You got all the content. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing these episodes within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this little episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. And thank you, of course, to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Without them, we would be lost. It's true. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Shout out to my parents and also Casey's parents for being chill while we recorded this podcast. Thanks, guys. If you are so inclined, please write us a review wherever you're listening or recommend us to a friend. That'd be great. Um, if you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing and then we went back and we did season three. Um, and uh, by the time this comes out, a couple episodes of season two have already been out. And I'm excited about that because I honestly love season two. Yeah. And I remember it fondly. Good times. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We have done the first six seasons of Riverdale. Um, there's a big backlog for you to listen to and you don't have to watch Riverdale. There's only one season left, so you're going to want to catch up. Lastly, Stranger Things. We did seasons one to three, so those are already done. And we're covering season four in uh, 2023. Woohoo! Yeah. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. Mostly Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. So true. Uh, our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash if you like what we do here, please consider donating. It's expensive to make, but it's free for you to listen. And so we'd really appreciate your help. Um, if not, check out our small businesses. And if not, just recommend this to a friend. Thanks. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV, which is C-A-S-E-Y-S. No, I did it again. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Casey Watches TV, which is C-A-S-E-Y Watches TV. And the next time you see us on this feed, we are going to be talking about episode 401, which is called The Beginning of the End. Um, and this one is going to come out on February 3rd because we always take January off for the holidays. Or you can see it on Patreon on January 27th. Wow. So yeah, and our guest for that episode is going to be Scott. Yeah. The classic at Hey Zamboni guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we are looking forward to it. Thanks. Wow. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Stop. Stop. In the name of spoilers. All right, let's do a real quick spoiler section, shall we? Let's 
do it. Okay, so what does it mean? Oh my god. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, all I have is the suffer, so it begins. I I just think it's interesting that MIB didn't even have to like go and look for Christian's body. Like he was in Christian's body immediately somehow. Yeah. What? Yeah. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe I've never seen this. <laughs> I feel like this like just changes so much. Tell me. What what tell me uh like walk me through your your brain when when you watch this. Okay. So we open. Because like sorry, like Casey said in the first episode, she had not watched any of the missing oh. pieces until today. Yes, I watched them all today. Like I love them all. I love what they add. This feels so so incredibly important and I can't believe I just never knew. Um, So I'm watching the episode where like rustling through grass and like pretty quickly I realized like, oh my God, we're getting Vincent's point of view. Mm -hmm. The sneakers, the reveal. I'm like, oh my God. I um, I keep saying like this changes so much. I don't know if it's necessarily that this changes so much. It's just, mm-hmm. it feels so huge. Like this is such a huge moment. And like you said, we haven't seen like the rest of the series yet. We don't know how this mm-hmm. ends, but we know like how, I don't know. I I mean, I literally don't even have words. No, I know what you mean. Cause here, here's the thing. Like now that we're in the spoiler section, we can say that like, this is interesting because of stuff to do with MIB. And like, we all know that, but I just think it's so crazy that they put this before we knew anything about MIB. Right, that's it. Like, what did they think that audiences would take from this, you know? Yeah, it's like, I mean, we say it all the time, but the show is just so smart and constantly, mm-hmm. like, tying things together in such smart ways. And this just, it it really completely changes... <sighs> I I gotta stop saying changes. It just enhances Mm -hmm. everything with Jack seeing his father on the island. Yeah. And the question of, is this MIB? Okay, if it is, what is his intention? And just like immediately, he's like, go find Jack. I mean, oh, just chills. Now, let me ask you a question, Casey. Sure. And this is something I've been grappling with, but let me know if it, like, feel free to disagree with me, okay? Sure. So- I'm wondering if this webisode feels a little bit like they were like, what should we do for the final webisode? What if we did this? Cause it's kind of edgy rather than it like really doing anything. If that makes sense. Like I just keep thinking about how it was kind of just like a cool thing for us to see rather than them really thinking about what it meant. That's true. It's not like we get a whole lot of like plot. Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure where I lean but I think that regardless, this hits so hard. It definitely hits. Like like I said, it gives me chills every time. Right. But I keep thinking like, was it just there to give me chills or was it actually doing something? I, I would like to think it was actually doing something. Yeah. I would like to think it's the start of the writers trying to contend with how the rest mm. of the series is going to play out. Finally trying to connect yeah. what happened um, to what's going to happen. Right, because we're like, we're past the halfway point. We're in the like yep. descent of the series. I would like to think that they saw this opportunity to start connecting the dots. Even if they don't super know how all those dots are going to connect yet, mm-hmm. I think they just thought if we bring the viewer back to literally seconds before the very opening scene, like Mm -hmm. that will help clarify what the rest of the story will mean right like just to kind of go back to the roots like as far back as they can go yeah and it's like is vincent a a lackey a minion of mib this whole time i mean but i don't think so i think he's just a dog who's ordering who's uh uh following orders you know that's true but like that is a very perceptive and loyal dog yeah i mean 
honestly, like, you know, one of the first things that people ask about Lost is that they ask for the spoiler, does the dog die? And he doesn't. And, you know, just because, and listen, this is a huge headcanon that I'm putting out there that that is could change everything. And I don't even know if it's true. But if Walt is special and Walt has powers, I just think it's amazing that Vincent survived not only the crash, but also everything that happened after. Everything. I think. I'm just saying. They're both special. If Walt is special and has powers, who knows about Vincent? You know what I mean? So is Vincent. I mean, I, I think that is genuinely like so plausible. Yeah. Vincent was meant to both start and end Jack's journey. Yeah. The fact that, you know, the show starts and ends with Jack's eye and that Vincent is there both times is so meaningful. Like that is so important. I just think that and I think, you know, the the writers talked about this a lot. I'm pretty sure in the in the bonus features, but they tried to make the show and shout out to Stranger in a Strange Land for letting them have an ending because it wouldn't be as beautifully done if it had just gone on forever. You know? Oh, absolutely. They wouldn't have been able to close it out the proper way. But they always say that this show was like a circle, you know? And so the fact that the the beginning and the ending of the circle, they connect with Jack and with Vincent is just so well done. It's so true. And it's so important. Like, that's why shows benefit so much from having a set ending. Yeah. And like, that's why it sucks when shows that only have like three seasons are cut off with mm. like no warning. But it also sucks when shows have infinite seasons because yeah. then just nothing means anything. You have no end point unless you mm. actually have a 20 season game plan, which yeah. nobody does. <laughs> well, I keep being like, and I know that I'm I'm very invested in what Lost became and what it, what it ended up being. So like, and I'm not one of the writers, but like, I keep thinking like, I have no idea if they had had an extra season in between season five and season six. I had no idea what they were going to do with that. No clue. I'm sure they could have pulled something off, but... You know, and like I said, I'm not one of the writers, so I can't even fathom. And I'm so tuned into what it was and became, but like, I don't know, it's just like, I, there's nothing in my brain about what else they could have done there. Yeah, I mean, they could have done something, I'm sure it would have been amazing, but yeah. I mean, just everything about how this show played out, like, timing-wise, mm -hmm. is just perfect. And I don't think it will, yeah. like, ever happen in television history books again. Yeah. Got anything else, bud? Um, just that I love this show. I cannot believe this is the first time I saw these. Uh, I'm so grateful for my Juliet content. Thank you. Yeah, lots of Juliet content. So much. And yeah, God, this show is just so smart. Yeah, I honestly think that like, although these are kind of like kind of weird and you know, you don't see this with shows very often anymore. It's like they really did add something. And um, I just I don't I don't watch or I don't listen to a lot of other Lost Pod. Actually, I don't listen to any other Lost Podcasts because I don't ever want to accidentally take someone else's idea and pass it off as my own mm -hmm. because I heard somebody else talk about it, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I'm just interested to did any uh, other Lost Podcasts cover the missing pieces? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we're the first. I don't know. Who knows? Probably not. But <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed anyway. And um, we will see you guys for season four starting in 2023 very excited cannot wait so you can follow at the aficionados uh like i just said our patreon patreon.com slash the aficionados um we love you guys and we'll see you for season four yay okay love you bye, okay, love you, bye. Maybe we should take a break from golf for a while